It's too nice a day to stay inside, but we're going to anyway. It's Uncle Says. podcast where we talk about short video filmmaking and art all from lovely Lujo Sichuan China. I am Emily and with me as always is Peter. Lovely. And we are coming to you live from Whoop Woo Studios in Lujo Sichuan China as I said. Um, again we're sticking with the afternoon broadcast so you can see gray Lujo City behind me. We've had lovely weather all week but then today was kind of Overcast and terrible, but that's how spring happens in Lucho. We have a discussion today about bargain basement equipment and what we do with that and why we use it. Spoiler, it's because we don't have a lot of money to make these videos. Um, and we have all kinds of other stuff to talk to you about, but first, let's talk How's Your Uncle? This week I started an experiment with waking up an hour earlier to do some writing before work, which is an age-old writer's tradition is to get up early and write in the day. Is it painters do that too, Peter? Yeah, sometimes. Maybe, maybe, maybe no, not. Actually, they don't, they don't actually ever go to sleep, I think. The stereotype, yeah. The stereotypical painter is up all night, maybe. Um, Sleeps all day. With mad creation. But that's it's a well-known artist writer trope that you got to get up early to get your ideas out before the day demands things of you and I'm finding that it's um, working it's it's working well it, um, it's just hard to find a time in the day and especially after going to class in the morning teaching even if I had energy to do other things the writing part of me is already kind of tapped out from from the, I guess the language work I'm doing with the kids, I'm not sure. So anyway, it's working out nicely, except for that my body is like super jet lagged because of it. So I'm still getting used to as a sleep schedule, going to bed a little earlier and waking up that early. Um, but I'm pretty pleased so far with the results. I've got a lot of writing done the last week, so that was, that was exciting. Um, and then yesterday we went to the park, which was a very nice, excursion. As I said, the weather here has been really, really beautiful for Lujo. And uh, we saw all kinds of old people and babies hanging out, dancing, rollerblading, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, your uncle's fine. <laughs> we're doing well. How are we're, we're eating hot pot? <laughs> Speak louder. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you could just tell me stuff rather than <laughs> acting it out. I never know what your charades are. <laughs> charade. Your charade. We had hot pot, yes. We did have hot pot, but that's that's like a once a week thing, so. Well, it's worth mentioning, though. We love hot pot. It's great. Uh, we, is that a new thing? The, the hot pot report here in Sichuan? Yeah. Let's add it. Officially. <laughs> the hot pot report. Did we have one? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. Moving on. Yeah, let's talk. Let's conduct some business. 
The business this week is fairly straightforward. We are officially a podcast. You can download us. I'll put links to our RSS feed via SoundCloud in the description. And so you could, if you know how to set up your podcatcher to catch RSS feeds, um, the RSS link will be there. And we're up on Stitcher, so you could subscribe via that. Or iTunes has not, we're still pending review, I think. Um, but I, I don't... I don't know what what they're looking for. I think they're just making sure we're not like s- illegal spam bots or something. I don't know, but are we? Hopefully, by next week we'll have that link as well. But for now, you can find us via RSS or via Stitcher. Um, if you're my mom, ask Dad to help you with the RSS feed. I'm sure that you have a way to access it. Um, and also, uh, this is not the. Next week will be a bigger announcement, but this week is we're getting very close to putting up all of our old videos from last year. So we're almost, we're maybe one week away one from week away. All, all new content On Friday always. will be our last, and then we're all fresh brand new from there. So that's been exciting. It's been really cool to go back and look at these old videos we made because because of the pace, one one video, one week. We didn't really take a lot of time to dwell on like what we had accomplished, so it has been nice to go back through all these videos and watch like a flipbook of development and growth. Um, so that's been gratifying for us. I hope you as viewers have not been too confused, annoyed, or whatever, <laughs> and maybe actually had positive feelings about it. Possibly watching it for the first time. And yeah, statistically Probably we know <laughs> that most of you are seeing it for the first time because nobody saw these videos the first time around. Um, but we're, we're excited to we're excited to revisit those old videos and we're excited to finish with them. I mean, they're, they'll always they'll live on in forever in our hearts and on the YouTubes. Our baby photos. Yeah, they're not going anywhere, but um, we will be going to all new content all the time pretty soon. So that's that's really exciting for us. And we'll have a lot more to say about that, I think, in the weeks to come as that actually happens. So raise yourselves and let's go homeschool, homeschool. Equipment is the big thing that we're going to talk about today, and video filmmaking is an expensive hobby, as you may know, Um, and so we try to do it as as on the cheap as we can. We talked a lot about our lighting setup last week and and how we have the cheapest lightings available, and that maybe that's not the best decision, but um, we've been having... A fun time kind of MacGyvering different solutions to the fact that, you know, we don't have money, but we have ingenuity. Um, one of, one thing that kind of early on emerged is we don't really have a, a dedicated camera. We don't have a good camera, but we do have a lot of devices with cameras in them, and so... We use that, and and they all have their different strengths and weaknesses. We do actually have a Sony camcorder that's a couple years old. Yeah, at least um, more than that. And the problem, or how, how, what we faced was, in this day and age, everyone's cell phone has a fantastic camera in it, so that the consumer, the high end consumer camcorder market, 
doesn't exist anymore. You get crappy cheapos or like super expensive professional ones. And so when we were buying this one, we kind of, I tried to do some research, but it turns out like the Sony's available in America are different from the Sony's available in China. And so we got one that I, I didn't know anything about. We couldn't find the ones that I, I had researched. And it's fine. The one we bought is fine. We turn it on, it records images. Um, that's what a camera is supposed to do. Um, and the benefit actually of a camcorder versus a cell phone or the iPad is that it has a zoom and focus function that those, like iPad, iPad has a clumsy, you know, use your fingers to zoom in and zoom out. And that's never, you can't really do that as part of a video. You can't push in on a shot or you can't wide you can't make a wide shot happen while you're recording. And Peter can do some of that digitally in post. Right. But it does, it's a little bit limiting not to be able to actually zoom and record. So if we, if we have action that needs to like go in and out, that's, we have that Sony for that, which, you know, it's a couple years old, so it's definitely not the best resolution of all, it's the worst resolution of all of our cameras. Um, and you can, Probably tell by sight. If you... <laughs> Which one of our bad cameras? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it has come in useful for like um, what was it called? Why do we live in China this week? It opens with a shot of me crossing the street and above the an above shot of me crossing yep. the street. And that's actually Peter from our apartment balcony. Right up the balcony, you can see right. Right, the right back there. Um, shooting me in the crosswalk on the corner, and our apartment's n not that close to the corner, so that that was definitely a time where like we needed that zoom capability. Yeah. Twenty twenty eight floors up and half a block away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that that's like it's not useless. It has its its uses. And then our best camera is on my Xiaomi phone that I just bought last last spring or summer. Um, and that's 4K. That's the only one of our devices that does 4K. But that's only for six minutes. But so yeah, whatever, whatever in the camera, the the phone will only record two, two points of blah 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 gigabytes per file. So we have to turn it off basically every six minutes, which is a limitation. But it is also like when you think of film in Hollywood, they they were not doing shots longer than six minutes. So. When we use that camera, we just have to plan. We can't really, we can't really set it and go. But if we're telling a story, we don't really want to set it and go. We want to have a. Right. When when somebody's calling for a line in Hollywood, it's usually because they're like me and can't remember two sentences in a row. So it's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so this, this is perfect for Peter. We can cut every two sentences, and he can look over his lines. But so yeah, that's the. That's the low and the top end of cameras we use, and so we just we have a menagerie of equipment that we that we make do with, and it's it's led to I don't know if that that particularly has led to any innovation in itself, but another crappy piece of equipment um, that we told you about last week is we have a light with a boom arm that is too heavy for the stand that it's on. And we've just decided, based on some film tests we've done, that we don't actually want the light to be on the boom arm anymore. 
So we're going to retire that as a light boom arm, but now we have a boom that we can kind of use as a fake crane, which is like really exciting to experiment with. And what? Oh, the makeshift dolly. That was the whole big, yes. that's the whole, <laughs> I couldn't remember why I was talking about this. Um, our park visit, we wanted to get some shots using Peter's old wheelchair as a dolly for the camera to see if we could get some neat like action shots because when I hold the camera myself, even with like image stabilizers on, you can tell it's pretty shaky and it's the... Possibly because it's 4K, it takes those shots harder. Yeah, yeah, we found... Well, and, and when I'm walking with the camera, unless I'm being super careful, also the rate of movement is always weirdly uneven and it is like moving a level pretty wildly. So last week we tried just hooking up the camera straight to the wheelchair. And it's a wheelchair. It's not a professional film dolly. So it was like, there's... It's there also no, wasn't air in the tires. So. Yeah. yeah the <laughs> we tires made a lot of mistakes last week. Flat. So it was... There's no shock absorption. So it turned out that footage looked smooth in the rate of motion. Smoother but, than your hand. But the shocks... Plus, the image stabilization was giving, like, a weird... Underwater. Um, yeah, weird warping to the... Like, like a really hot day. Or, like, it was just going, like, which is, you know... Nauseating. Yeah, it's hard to look at, so we're, we're not going to make you look at that. Unless, <laughs> unless we have a situation that calls for warped footage like that. So, this week, we also have a gimbal. And we could just hold the gimbal, but that's like... Your arm gets tired. Your arm gets tired. And you still have the problem of like the slowly sinking arm. And, and if you want to keep it level, that's hard. So we hit, hooked up the gimbal to a tripod and then tied the tripod onto the wheelchair with a shoelace and some clamps. And filled up the tilt tires with, with air. And we filled the tires with air. And we then we... the land drone. Yeah, and then so we made the land drone, <laughs> which was like... Really cool, and it was the the engineering school dropout in me was like, <laughs> I, these are like the construction puzzles I'm really into, and so this, that just got me thinking about like how much of art we think of art as a pursuit of the mind. You have a vision, and then you recreate it as if by magic. And there's mm -hmm. actually a lot of physicality to that, and a lot of ingenuity. And like throughout throughout art history, that's been true. Um, specifically the color blue has been hard to pin down. Um, even as late as 1947, Yves Klein worked with a paint mixer to get his specific shade of blue. And, and the, the innovation he added was the finish. And so like, that's now Yves Klein's blue. You've, you've, you've seen it. You've seen it. Um, blue? but yeah, like, so as a, as a paint, no, it's not just a blue. <laughs> You've all seen blue, except unless you're colorblind. It's true. It's true. Um, but like the the fact that like even something as simple as blue, we had to work out the the technology of blue, and someone like Jeff Baxter, the guitarist from Steely Dan and Doobie Brothers, got so into audio recording technology. And he knew that technology so inside and out that now he like consults for the Department of Defense on on 
I'm not sure what, maybe it's classified, <laughs> but like that he's not just a musician, he's he's so into that technology that like he can use it for other pursuits. And I think like that's always a part of art making that gets overlooked, I think anyway, that um, our tools are as important as, as the visions we have. A lot of it comes down to artists that tend to fall to the back a little bit, like somebody like Les Paul or Zappa that like really gets into whether it's doing themselves or hiring mm -hmm. other people yeah. to get into like what is what happens if I and that's the artistic side of it. Yeah. And then the technical side of like let's figure out what these wires do. Right. Or or like how much how much does music owe to the wah wah pedal or the Moog sampler? It, it, it's it's very technology driven, <laughs> which I have a detour of, um, I mean, I'm sympathetic. There's a recent discussion on YouTube because they just changed some policies in response to Article 13 in the EU, which has to do with using copyrighted material. And in the United States, we have fair use, which says um, you can... You can use other people's work in your work if it's transformative or there's another, there's a set of criteria. But often if big corporations say, hey, that's ours, you, you, you have to take your video down. Um, and I'm not, I'm not in favor of making more money for Disney. I think they have a lot of money. Um, and, and there is copyrights there to protect artists, but artists also are inspired by one another. So it is... It's a difficult area, but there's a lot of people now complaining because you, so I don't think I said this part of it. So article 13 in the EU is saying that you can't, if you use images or sounds, sounds or at, like movies, music, yeah, then your, your video is going to be taken down. Probably. Um, probably. And that's affecting a lot of review channels that review other, like, movies and... Music. Music and toys. Um, and I think, like, video essayists who use samples as part of the story that they're telling, which a, is... A lot of people use that stuff just in whatever that they're doing by putting in little clips of memes. Memes are, like, one of the hardest hit because that's just mostly stealing something to get your point across so people that use those just for whatever like if right now all of a sudden pff, something popped in and it was like the simpsons to me get my point across right boom, right like that then but even like with the me, family guy method of storytelling yeah, right. <laughs> remember this remember this remember, remember this yeah. <laughs> which on the one hand i can see is like yeah that's lazy storytelling but on the other hand there's been a long history of art confronting and challenging copyright down to like Richard Prince just straight off printing prints of other people's work and putting his name on it and that hit that theft is the statement um, and, and people hate him for that <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah the, the whether theft is an artistic statement I don't know have that discussion that's cool but yeah I mean even like with something is Fairly well known as Banksy, like it's yeah. gra graffiti. 
Like, yeah, well, well it is. is it, but those are his images. He's right. made those images on but someone else's building. property. <laughs> right. So, yeah, have that debate yourself. But like Peter and I have had a months-long discussion of Simpsons Wave that I just I can't get into because it upsets me too much. But so there is there is precedent for theft as as a commentary on art. But I do not think that's what most of these people are doing. They're just kind of. Mm. Appropriating for, yeah, for yeah, comedic yeah. effects. They're they're building their story on the backs of other people's stories and characters and blah blah blah. But some of them blatantly so. I mean, when you have when you're doing like maybe walkthroughs for video games, and all the story, all the art, everything is a video game, and you're just kind of doing mystery science theater commentary over it, yeah. which isn't even that helpful anyways. Most of it, you're just kind of just babbling or whatever so it's not like anything's really but and you're putting out hours and hours and hours of it right you right. gotta imagine that the developers are like hey i mean it's like when you're in eighth grade and you repeated the punchline on friends yeah. from last night to your friends and they're like oh you're so funny like the sure that's fun to do with your friends and, and making these references like strengthens bonds but it's not necessarily art yeah, and then right. when you put this in the context of like Someone had to invent blue before they could paint the painting they painted, and you're using someone else's characters to make your story. Like, I'm kind of, I think I'm, I'm kind of on the side of copyright. <laughs> well, I mean, when you, when you, uh, that's a good point of like when it's just everyday life with your friends. I mean, we all say like copyrighted. At least not maybe on paper, but like we're, you know, pretty, 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 <laughs> whenever we use anything like that. Yeah, or that's not your joke. That's yeah, someone not, else wrote that joke. Right. So that's for you to, are, am I funny repeating that joke or are you just like comfortable because like, oh, I remember that joke and we both got the same saying. Yeah. Like, is that something that we deal with or are you going to put it up for something, for somebody to go like, is that art because you've made a thing out of it, put it on YouTube, maybe put a different song behind it that you probably stole anyways. Yeah. And, like, now is that a thing, or are you just taking somebody else's stuff? And, and though, on the other other mm -hmm. hand, this is why I think it is important that fair use be pursued on a case-by-case -case basis, and I, I fear that the corporations are winning that particular battle. Because something like old-school hip-hop sampling, I've, been, I've just been listening... A lot to the old Skilo song, mm -hmm. I Wish, which samples all of its instrumentation from an older song, Bernard Wright, Spinning. And if you go back and listen to that song, he didn't just lift the hook and like, oh, that sounds good. Now it sounds good in my song. His He or his producer, I'm not sure how the workflow went on it, they took different sounds and mix them up so like it doesn't sound like he's rapping over someone else's song he take they're not even necessarily like the hook part of the other song he took those samples and mixed them up into something um really cool and new so i would say like that's yeah when you're like especially with that's something good that's good <laughs> good yeah. job something like with like, if you look at Public Enemy, mm -hmm. that's just this cacophony of, like, a thousand different things sampled from James Brown to, like, car noises or whatever. As opposed to, like, let's just, I don't know. And I'm a fan of Eminem, but, like, a lot of his tunes t tend to turn out to be 
somebody else's tune that he raps over. Yeah. So like the actual instrumentation of putting together your piece starts to really fall apart it with your just riffing on somebody else is kind of like a cover tune like i mean you can solo over the doobie brothers whatever but you're not jeff baxter right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but then like what if you write your name on a urinal and put it in the middle of the gallery and what if um i don't know so it is like i see a case for for being too strict about copyright, but I do think a lot of the people complaining are abusing are are not necessarily like adding anything new enough to the discussion that is like worth fighting for. <laughs> Sorry, guys, <laughs> you're gonna have to review Iron Man, a multi-million dollar franchise, without using imagery from that film right i mean uh, you're still allowed to talk about it though sure, right? yeah yeah i mean i i know what iron man looks like and so does almost every other person on this planet like i don't need to see a picture of how cool it looks because you're only doing that to for me to to keep my attention just to show me oh yeah that's right because iron man looks cool because i'm getting bored of what you're saying probably yeah <laughs> like, you're not actually adding anything new to this you're just trying to keep my attention yeah. And, yeah, I've seen the movie. Like, just talk about it. Yeah, because to bring it back, someone needed their vision to be so complete that they invented blue or a new way to, to do blue. So you should work harder. <laughs> you know what blue is or what Iron Man looks like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just repeating other people's stuff, If that's not, that's not exciting enough. But yeah, we should say that there is a certain level where it becomes a little frightening of like, at what point is the government or corporations yeah. in control all of all yeah. this? So it's not yeah. like we're like, screw the little guy! And I there mean, is also like, there's only, you know, a limited number of notes in the scale or, or hmm. um, so many, there's like six stories that what we've been telling for thousands of years. And it is like, I find myself with writing um, writing jokes and then I see them in a show and I'm like, oh man, that's my joke. Like, no, they mm. told it this way. I may take it out now because if it's already out there, I don't want people to think I copied it, but it is like... Sure. I mean, at some point you stuff. have... You, you, you had Conan and Lord of the Rings, but you don't own them, so make Game of Thrones. Like, uh, the, Just call it something else and, and yeah. <laughs> just make yeah. up your own thing. It's the yeah. same story, but... Yeah. But, yeah, so... I don't know. Inventing stuff is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to commentary. Once again, we put out a bunch of videos in our home stretch of, of running through our old content. A bevy. A bevy. One, one per day? Yeah, mostly, um, yeah. So we're going to talk about them in three groups, kind of reverse order that we put them up, but that's not that important. Um, but first I want to talk about what we're calling our summer trilogy, which is two-thirds up, and by tomorrow will be three-thirds up? Sounds about right. Yes, yeah, uh, yep, tomorrow will so be the last one. This was not intended, these were not shot to be a grouping, these were not conceived of as, as a group. Yeah, they were, they were just shot over the summer and make direct reference to the fact that it's summer 
And as we talked about last week or, or two weeks ago, um, we're a little, we're, you know, this repost has thrown off the timing of some of these videos. So it kind of makes sense to us to package the three videos where I talk about going in the swimming pool and how hot it is. Let's put them together as a summer trilogy and kind of market them as get ready, get for, ready summer. for summer. <laughs> yeah. Even though like they take you through to the end. The last video is like summer is ending. <laughs> um, but yeah. So what do we have? Every country has its problems. Southwest China summer is hot and the last one is I don't have it up. It's uh, summer's over. Uh, the, the end oh, of, summer's over and, summer. and get a haircut or something. Um, which yeah, they're all they're all they're just like our basic. Over the summer, we we developed that pattern of we're gonna tell vlog stories. We're trying to push the envelope of like make them visually and interesting more than talking heads. And whether that visual interest comes from like a surprising scenery or a little bit of post after effects manipulating the imagery on screen. Some of it was we, we had just gotten the underwater camera, so we wanted to film something in a pool. Yeah, speaking of equipment, that is currently not working, so Ooh. I am working on figuring out what's wrong with that. Um, but yeah, that was really fun to play with. I just like went in the pool for the afternoon and like literally like dunked the camera in and out of the water just to see what would happen. Um, and I think got some nice footage. We got some really nice footage. Um, so Which yeah, is at I hope the that end of today's video. So make sure you watch the whole yeah, thing. Watch to the end, and then hit the like button on YouTube. Um, and it turns out I think that's what the cam that camera was best for is is the underwater stuff. It's a knockoff GoPro. Yeah. So <laughs> it has it it, it shoots works. in four K. But really, it only looks good under the brightest conditions. If it's cloudy, you get the edges are like get pixelated. Um, yeah, on a perfect day. Yeah, on a perfect a day, <laughs> you can like jump your skateboard off the Eiffel Tower and look totally rad or whatever kids <laughs> say. Um, it, it looks good. We did some. I recorded some stuff with the purpose of getting slow motion out of it. Mm. We didn't really use that that much. Yeah. Um, and then it started like glitching out pretty quickly. That's pretty glitchy. So don't buy this camera if you want an the action. Eagle. Yeah, don't buy the Eagle if you want an action camera. Get, get the real GoPro. I think people are heavy with. I don't know. Yeah. Read reviews. We don't have a GoPro. Yeah. It looks fun. <laughs> I mean, and if if some money fell into our pockets, that it would be a fun thing to get. I would get one because I like the effect of what it does. But yeah, but it's not worth it for the eagle, though. Yeah, it's also I didn't realize this about action cameras because the chip and the lens are so small. It's a fisheye to catch the right aspect ratio, and you can after the fact crop the footage so it doesn't look like fisheye but it there's there's no option your footage is always going to be fisheye fisheye <laughs> um so know this maybe everybody already knows that about action cams <laughs> but that, that was kind of an unpleasant surprise to us um yeah it's, it's a, so it you... is I, I would say that like even it's a very specific camera it's not a utility player right. which is why it's it's used for action or for that 
if you're getting, you know, big, beautiful vistas outside or yeah. something that can pick up a lot of information in bright areas is really exciting. And I mean, some people do it. It's kind of like, the, you know, a lot of travel people that like do drone shots and things like that. It's you're getting these big, beautiful pictures full of action and excitement, which isn't necessarily something that we do, but it's nice to have. I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm not running out to buy one, but like, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, um, and and the underwater shots were a lot of fun. Yeah, to play with, um, and then anything else? It really was. Ludo summers so hot. I remember sitting on the concrete to oh, shoot there was... one of them, and like the concrete burnt my thighs. That it one was with, so hot with the pool ending. That that it was so hot that even with extra cameras, you were. It turned out to be a, a mistake that we burned out the whole image. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you can see throughout the whole video. We used it. Yeah, it's it's literally like the light is too hot. Right, which is one of those things that we, we took. It was a mistake. There was no information. We can't see your face or whatever, but we decided to, like, we're going to use that with... To go back to what you were talking about before, the yeah. limitations of the equipment that we have and making a poor mistake of just putting you right out in the yeah. sun <laughs> totally burned out the picture. So there was almost nothing to see. So all of your narration where we set you up there, not only is your butt burning the skin off your legs, yeah. but your face is melting and the sun is capturing nothing but like a vague image of us. So we're like, well, that's not what we wanted, but it certainly gets across how hot it looks. Yeah, yeah. So using that for creativity, your limitations, is yeah. sometimes, you know, kind of ends up cool. Yeah, and that's in Sichuan summer is really, really hot. Um, that's not... The middle. That's not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that was the middle of summer. Yeah, that was the middle of summer, and we went, I went right out in the sun. For you, my <laughs> audience. No, and then you went in the me. pool. Afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, then I got to go in the pool, and that was nice. Um... Yeah, anything else about that one? Mm, no. I mean, that's... The, the last one was um, interesting and transitioning. At, that's where we were getting really close to our season two-ish looping. Yeah. So that you, there's a lot more things, what with new original um, uh, uh, music that was... I mean, it's all original, but like this was brand new stuff that we were doing on MIDI. As yeah, because both... Old, before track we were... stuff. So there was that. There was a lot more video manipulation. There's some animation that we started putting at this time. So nearing the end of the summer, we were really getting close to changing into something yeah. new and different than just kind of basic how-tos and filming. And... Right. Good, good segue <laughs> into... So later, after the summer trilogy about... Um, we retrospectively called the videos that we had made before that, to that time before, season one, and we started a new group of videos that we called internally season two. And we didn't really use, I mean, it's, it's, it's a small distinction, so we didn't use it as marketing or anything. But in-house, in what that distinction meant to us was like season one, we were experimenting all over the shop. We were going to tell a story about a field-style piece about different coffee houses. We were going to tell experimental green screen 
monstrosities about eating and traveling. And we were going to just try anything. Any any idea we had, we were going to run with it. And then we kind of came to a point where we were like, we think we have a more specific vision. Um, and we think we're going to call that vision season two. Um, and the, the vision was kind of like, we like the vlog style stories, but as I've talked before about the limitations of vlogging, especially it's a lot of one white girl talking about China, which feels, you know, privileged and, and using my privilege for, for not good. <laughs> um, and we wanted to find ways to make the story of China less about me and more about like actual Chinese people and, and the Chinese city that we live in. And so part of that was to still have the, the backbone structure of these vlog style stories through my perspective. Because we did find that when we totally abandoned me, this is our channel. So people would be like, where's that girl that we recognize? Um, and so I did have to be there, even though sometimes I was like, let's try it without me entirely. <laughs> um, but so we had the, the vlog style stories as the, the kind of tentpole backbone structure. Um, and so I, I would come in and out of the piece as your host almost. And this, this may all sound familiar if you're keeping up with our giraffe videos as to what we're doing now. Um, we're kind of more explicitly making me the host and cutting away to various segments. Um, and our various segments including interviews with our friends. Um, and then now, that's, and then now is conceived for season two. Um, which is just, it still to this day remains my favorite piece. Um, it's so existential. Because I'm not <laughs> in it. But no, I just, I love, I love the, like you said, you've been using it to, to give people kind of a breath after a bunch of like quick cuts and intercutted changes in uh, subject and, and subject matter. This lets you just like relax and be like, and it really is like the, the best way that we've discovered for ourselves that we want to, like you're saying, um, it, it's just a bunch of, of you, like where are the Chinese people? This is one of the easiest and most effective ways that we're happy with of showing Luzhou as a city. We, we really want people to see the city because we love the city. And there's, I mean, how do, how do we capture that? How do we capture the people? A lot of the problems that people have if you look at a lot of us vloggers, China vloggers in particular, um, I don't know about any other countries, but for getting people to interview your friends or coworkers or whatever is always difficult, aside from like the language barriers. I mean, people just don't really like, oh, all right, I'll do you a favor. I mean, I guess, and it's not like we're paying anybody. Like, or, right, right. So just getting people to, to be local people to be in your video is, is a big ask. You're asking a lot of... It's a big ask, and then you also have to be good at interviewing. You have to know what to ask. Totally. And when you're putting it together, you need to be able to see, like, well, this part isn't interesting, so I'm not going to put it in. Right. Which is hard. I even know from my own experience, like, for the newspaper, I would I ha I would have written an interview and been like, this question is really boring, but I asked it, I have to use it. And like, my editor would be like, this is boring, do you have anything else? I'm like, okay. 
Yeah. I think so, I think making making cuts is a really difficult thing to do. That, but is the difference between like okay art and good art? Yeah, especially if you did the work, and it's not just you doing the work. It's, yeah, if it's yeah. you asking the work. You you <clears throat> you planned out those questions. I was filming it, or whoever is filming it, and then the person that actually went to be interviewed, they agreed to be in it. So like, you've got a couple of people that it's worth working for, and if you don't get anything good out of it, then like. Just putting it up doesn't really help us at all as viewers of like right. uh, what I learned from this is not a big thing. And and while we're trying to search out how can we do that, I mean, we're as we go into some of these later videos, you'll see that, that we have more and more friends that we're trying to do some interviews to talk about their life here in Lujow. Um, it's really difficult. I think we get better and better and better at it, and we hope to get much better at yeah. it. But in... And then now is a great way for us to just focus on our neighborhood, our city, and just get that kind of, that flavor of what the city is. I mean, yeah. you, could, you could do it, I mean, we could buy a drone and we could fly over the city, but all you're going to see is a peninsula and like a couple of bridges. But being down in it, like our land drone, <laughs> to actually see what's going on on the sidewalk, not yeah. just your face as somebody is... You know, like people passing by in the background and everything. It, it's better yeah, to it's, sit in your bedroom, but we were trying to figure out how to get the city, how to get people. Yeah, it's, and it's unmediated, which I think is what I like about it. I mean, it's mediated mm. in that I choose the frame and Peter chooses the cut, but then as the viewer, you are just like, you are there in the city. And Peter's and I, one of our favorite things to do is just go out and people watch, so. Um, this is our, our way to share that with you. Yeah. Um, Who doesn't love to people watch? Yeah. But let's let's talk some specifics. So that's season two was these ideas. And then so we had, I'm going to just pull out my notebook here. Mm -hmm. um, Fun with American Bureaucracy, which was about sending my absentee ballot in. Um, mm. Which we were hoping, I mean, we watch a lot of liberal t uh, TV, American, <laughs> American comedy news, like Full Frontal and all those. Full Frontal and Jim so Jeffries. The discussion last fall was very much about like it's important to vote in the midterms. So this was, believe it or not, like kind of an attempt to like. About as political as we get. Well, political, but like cash in on on something current trending and current and then like surprise surprise outside of like policy wonks and comedy news mm. people nobody actually cares about voting which is a problem <laughs> <laughs> but like that video didn't really sell on the basis of the midterms like yeah. we were kind of hoping that energy would bring us but i thought it was an interesting like my absentee ballot go watch the video um is literally i had to register and blah 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 um, I couldn't, it's not just a Word document, but then I literally printed out three pieces of paper and that was my, <laughs> my ballot. Well, it's um, a, it's a fun little segment. I'm, I'm definitely proud of it. Um, <clears throat> and in hindsight, I mean, we were, we titled it Fun with American Democ Bureaucracy, so. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, that's, it, it sort of talks, I mean, talks, it's, it's barely a talk, but like, it, it's a little segment that is. What do you got to do when you're over here and you need to go back and forth with paperwork? It's not terribly exciting or whatever, but it is a question that people ask all the time, 
you know, how do you take care of your visa? How do you do I mean, it's, it's just you stand in lines. Yeah, you, yeah. You, there's nothing exciting about it. And so this was our little minute and a half. Like, yeah. yeah you fill up some paper, you tape it together. Yeah. I made a nice song for it. I enjoy it. And voting is important. You yeah. should do it. Oh, and it's getting warm in here. It's a cool day, but when we close the doors, it gets very warm. And, and you're surrounded by three lights. So. Yeah. Yeah, our lights are not that hot, but they are hot enough. That it starts to get warm. Um, but the next video we had was I Love My Chinese Neighborhood, which was like a basic neighborhood tour. Again, I think this was, we were trying for a topic that we maybe could sell kind of easily. Because hmm. um, everybody asks it, like, what is it like, if you if you live in China, I'm thinking of moving to China, what is yeah. it like? Show me your apartment, show me... Man, everyone has a video on that, so this was our attempt of, like, let's show you our neighborhood. Yeah, the, our... the neighborhood tour is, like, a, a expat vlogger staple. Um, and this is a straightforward. Those are the places where I go most often. Um, it's fun. I mean, yeah. it, 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 like, <laughs> I don't think there's anything super... Like, there's no revelation about it. There's no, like... I mean, if you're looking for something salacious that, like, there's, like... You know what? Wow! How does something so weird? What is it? It must be really weird living there. Like, no, you go to the gym. We go to dinner. Yeah. You know, we we stop and we watch some kids play. There's some old women dancing. Or, yeah. Well, all, all these things that are just it's just regular life. It's nice. It's I mean, it's very comfortable. We really enjoy it. Yeah. It's pretty around here. But what I like about our structuring of it is. We could have done this. I could have walked you from the kindergarten to the hot pot because in order, um, that's the two blocks. That um, That's how those buildings are arranged. <laughs> um, and then, like, Yeah, I could have like literally walked you through the neighborhood and, and babbled about stuff because I, I could babble. <laughs> I could babble. But I like that we just like intermixed those place segments with different other segments including that's the end then now where the lady's yelling at me with the mic yes. megaphone okay. right yeah so we had like we'll show you a little bit of an actual physical building that i spend time in and then we'll show you some street life and then we'll show you this segment and this interview and so i i, I think because the actual substance of the things i'm saying is just like this is my gym this is my hot pot it's not like relevant it's not it doesn't change your world to see these places but it does like build builds my world hmm. um i think it's good at situating you in a place and structuring it with these different so it's it's definitely locational and then we kind of give you character moments in between i would say mm -hmm. um and i like that about that that structure it's a simple idea but i think you know, it came yeah, I, I feel really like streamlined. If if you're if you're wondering what our neighborhood looks like, I I, I 